Free gaming is everything that everybody wanted. And when you know, when you pregame and you got that speed, it's like, let's go, baby. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Monday, May 16th, 2022. Perhaps one of the best pre-show meetings ever Uh Uh will lead to an amazing show for you today. But that's only if you're going to go and shop our affiliate links in the description below. Oh, yeah. You wanted protein bars? You guys asked what protein? We put protein bars. Rockstar Energy, the best backyard hacks, you name it. Our affiliate links are stocked and locked and ready to rock. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Check them out on the podcast, on the YouTube description. Hook it up. We've got a lot of NBA to get to today. Obviously, the shocking result in Phoenix last night. Um, Boston's going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, Drew Brees apparently is going to make a comeback. Why? Why? And listen, I I know that we all as men, um, we want the beef. Right. We like the meat. Right, right. I'm going to tell you, coming up in the non-sports stories on this show, a horrific, horrific story about a fast food restaurant and what a worker at a fast food restaurant did to your food. <coughs> and I'm warning you now, you may vomit. I mean, there's a, gnarly. there's a very good chance you could throw up all over your desk. It's gnarly. Or your car or your house, wherever you are. Yeah. That it's not good. It's, I mean, I mean, what? Okay. So yeah, yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it. No, we'll save it. It's horrible. Yeah, we'll save it. Yeah. It's horrible. Ugh. And a major fast food chain is closing a ton of restaurants. We'll talk about in America. We talk about fast food all the time, man. I'm telling you, we talk about fast food all the time. We also talk NBA hoop, which is where we will start this very program right here. After you've hit the subscribe button, because we are giving away a PS five massive weekend of subscribers. Appreciate that. Uh, So hit subscribe for your chance to win a PlayStation five. How about those Phoenix Suns? So real quick, the Suns are down like 79 points in the first five minutes of the game, right? (laughs) And, well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Uh, The Suns are getting blown out. Right. They scored 27 points in the first half. Right. And Utah Jazz fans were rejoicing. Members of the media, Ben Anderson, were talking about how crappy Devin Booker is. And I've got – I need to understand this. Right. Why do Utah Jazz fans, Jake, hate Devin Booker so much? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. I don't know if it's a thing where you, you hate the guy because you could have had him and didn't uh, draft him or or there's the conversation or maybe the angle about, you know, Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I honestly have no idea what, what, the, what the hate is about. But, you know, last night, I'm sure, you know, there are going to be plenty of people who come on the show today and say, oh, well, Devin Booker sucks and – he went over, you know, one bucket or whatever, you know, 
and had some horrible game. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, I, the Suns got out coached. Um, I, I don't know what, what you say to anybody, whether we're talking Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, or Devin Booker, you know, if they're going to get doubled the whole game, which is essentially what they did to Devin Booker, what's he supposed to do? You know, I mean, the, the Dallas Mavericks rolled out a strategy where they essentially blitzed everything the Suns had going, including Devin Booker. So they were throwing double teams everywhere and the Suns had no ability to move the ball and get to the open man. They just didn't show that ability. So, you know, you've got you got a lot of storylines in this game. You've got a lot of guys who 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 people are wondering if they're still good enough. You know, Chris Paul in, in the others. And, and I just think that the Suns we're not prepared to, to, to win this game, you know, and, and I'm not sitting here saying that this is all on Monty Williams, but what I am saying is that, you know, I, I, the excuse of, hey, we just played bad tonight, it doesn't really fly when it's game seven, you know, if you want to say that in, in January on the road in, in, in the middle of winter in Boston, okay, cool, I understand, hey, you know, maybe you just didn't bring your best tonight, but you're at home, Man, this is the playoffs. This is a team that that was pretty much, you know, for 90% of the season, the best team in the league. I know you have Memphis in the second half putting up some pretty awesome numbers and obviously Golden State, but this is the Suns we're talking about. This is a team that that dominated, you know, number 1 seed, like everything that you would you would you would hope for if you're a basketball team and just get routed. So, I don't know. I think on the flip side, on the flip side, Luka deserves a lot of credit. I'm not a Luka guy, but that was a savage performance. You know, you come out in game seven, you're hot right out the gate, and you set the tone. So, you know, I guess to get back to the question, why do Jazz fans hate Devin Booker? I don't know. Maybe it's the same reason that they, they think that no big superstar will come to the come to the Jazz. I, I don't know. Everything in the fan base just seems to be kind of crazy right now. So I'm sure we'll get a bunch of comments today about how Devin Booker sucks and He's horrible, and guys like Ben Anderson on Twitter or any of the other local media members will go back and like tweets that we have about Devin Booker. I'm sure that'll happen. But the fact remains, they were still playing basketball last night, and the Jazz weren't. And and that's that's if you're a Jazz fan, that's what you should be worried about. I, I'm interested in I am interested in what happens next with Devin Booker. I think this is going to be one of the biggest stories in the NBA because let's not also forget that. Robert Sarver is in the middle of a major scandal. Yeah. Um, you have a player in Chris Paul who, after the game last night, did or didn't use it as an excuse, but said, yeah, I've had a major quad injury. You know, like, water's yeah. wet and Chris Paul's hurt in the we playoffs, get it. right? We, we get, get it. it. Uh, there are no excuses for the way the Suns played last night. It was interesting, though, after the game um, and during the game, how crappy DeAndre Ayton was. Yeah. And let's not also forget that DeAndre Ayton was not given a contract extension by the Suns. And based on what Monty Williams said after the game about, about him being benched, um, I'm not thinking that DeAndre Ayton's long for Phoenix. The DA only played 17 minutes tonight, yep. and so he didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Is there any reason why is he hurt? Or is it's internal. It's internal. Two-word answer. It's, it's internal. internal. Bro, what does that even mean? Um, it's internal. Well, it depends on the uh, context of the uh, conversation. How about that? Um, yeah, you're, we're going to need to know. Uh, you know, um, It's internal. My God. It's internal. We've warned you about Dude. DeAndre Ayton in the past. Like One of the things I've taken a lot of heat from uh, Suns fans on is 
I don't believe that DeAndre Ayton is a max player. I I just do not. I don't think he's a I don't believe that he's a franchise player. He is not a willing defender. Um he is not a try hard guy. DeAndre Ayton is is one of those players who defensively is a liability. Yeah. Now he's really gifted offensively, but he doesn't want to hurt guys. He doesn't like dunking on guys. He doesn't like dunking, period. Um, he is a finesse, soft player. And Jake, I don't think he's worthy of of a uh, max contract, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think you know a lot of people are are wondering, well, hey, why did you know why, you know why why was he not more physical last night, or why why this or why that, or why did he play so bad? And and and, and I think you know these aren't new things. Like you know him being a softer sort of player, like him not like beating guys up when they drive to the rim, or like making guys pay a little bit with the fouls he lays out, that's not a new thing. And, and I think when you combine that with his inability to catch a basketball in certain situations, um, you know, yeah, like the lack of uh, defensive intensity just overall, not even just at the rim, like a lot of those things, yeah, do hurt you as a big. And, and I think, you know, it's so funny on this show, we talk so much about like Rudy and his game and like what, you know, what he brings to the table. And, and I think, the best part of DeAndre Ayton's game is that he's an offensive big. Like he can knock down an elbow jumper. He can he's got some footwork. He's got a little spin move. Like he can do some things. But defensively, he just kills you as far as, you know, not not playing more intense defense on Luca or not stepping up in the paint when Luca's coming to him. Or like there are just some things that he he was doing last night that were head scratching. And and yeah, as far as this contract situation is concerned, I don't think he's going to get uh, any kind of deal from from the Suns. I think that that right now with where the Suns are at, I, I think you made the best point as far as the future of the team. I think the first question is how long is Devin Booker going to be a Phoenix Sun? Because this current contract he's on is done at the end of 2024. So like it or hate it, you know, you got two seasons left. Now, obviously he could ask out, you could make something happen like that, you know, that could play out. But if he doesn't sign an extension, just runs this thing out, he's a Phoenix Sun for two more seasons. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a really interesting time in the league because you have the Lakers who are who are who are really trying to make some things happen. You've got this Sun situation now. Like I just think that the Suns team last year, and this happens with a lot of teams, when you get to the NBA Finals, you better win because you don't know when the next time you're going to get back is. You know, nobody's turning down a supermax. Well, nobody, I, I cannot see Devin Booker doing that. And for my money, I think he is going to leave the Suns. but if they offer him a super, he's going to sign it. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I, I think the bigger question for the Phoenix Suns is DeAndre Eaton and Chris Paul, because Chris Paul also said after the game last night, I'm going to be back that we're going to run this back and you may run it back um, in theory, but you can't tell me now that you're comfortable having DeAndre Ayton on this team because I I just can't believe that that's the case. But it's the same situation as the Jazz last year. I mean, think about literally, this is playing out the exact same way. You know, you have a team in the Suns who are like, oh, well, I'm going to run it back. And, hey, my leg hurts in the playoffs. Hey, the Jazz had injuries and they said they want to run it back. Like this formula, and I think it's a fair point. If Chris Paul is the best player, the second best player on your team, you're probably not winning a championship. And 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 I know that that's harsh and rough to say and maybe abrasive, but it's just it's just it's just how it's played out for Chris Paul. Yeah, I I don't see any way that 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 this team can stay as it is currently constituted. I mean, you have a guy in Cam Johnson that is eligible now for an extension. 
I think Cam Johnson is very Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. And you, you're going to have some tough decisions to make. I mean, if you're if you're the Phoenix Suns right now, I mean, arguably, you're going to have to choose between DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson. I'm taking Cam Johnson every single day. Let's let's not hesitate. Let's not, you know, waver. Cam Johnson, in my opinion, is the more important player. Yeah. But DeAndre Ayton has a lot of value on the market. And in my opinion, you need to sign and trade him. There is there is no doubt about that that you need to sign and trade DeAndre Ayton. I just don't see how, Jake, that you're you can you can keep both of them. And I don't see how you can, you know, I, but I don't also see how you can pay DeAndre Ayton a max contract. I just don't see that that's smart business. Yeah, you're not going to keep both of them. And DeAndre Ayton hasn't earned, has, has not earned that contract. And I think that, you know, at, at <laughs> I'm sorry, <okay. laughs> the dog is causing trouble in the background. So we're throwing things at him to try to get him to stop doing what he's doing. Anyway, it's not the working. point is, I just don't think that you can, that you can pay DeAndre Ayton yeah. a max. I, I just don't, I don't know how you do that. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for them. I, in my opinion, this team is this team is a good number two option for Devin Booker away because Chris Paul is not a number one or a number two in my opinion anymore. He's a good facilitator still at this point, and I think he can still do the job as a point guard, and I don't think his legacy is damaged because if you're going to truth tell about his legacy, his legacy is he's not a championship caliber player. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what he's been, and I think that Chris Paul, it's really unfortunate. You know, the guy's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I just think that Chris Paul is is not a winner, and, and I don't know how we get, we we differentiate, like, hey, we're, I'm a winner and I'm not. Like, like Luka, you know, until last night, I would say wasn't really a winner. I mean, yeah, in Europe he was a winner, but he hadn't really done it in the league yet. So, like, last night he rolls out. And has this ridiculous. But he's not a winner. Stop, stop. He, he Luka Doncic scored a lot of points. I did. I agree with that. Luka Doncic did nothing special last night. Luka Doncic isn't some spectacular player. All of a sudden, they the Phoenix Suns did not show up in this game. That this is, and I'm not saying that Luka is a bad player. I, he's a star. The guy is an absolute stud. But nothing that happened in this game is about the Dallas Mavericks. Nothing. Chris Paul absolutely fell apart late in the playoffs again. Um, you have a guy in Devin Booker who was double teamed, uh, I mean, all night long, mercilessly double teamed. And that's exactly what I would have done. I'd have forced the 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 Phoenix Suns to beat me with somebody other than Devin Booker, which was clearly their plan. And it worked to perfection. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a great job. Let's not say that this is all of a sudden, oh my God, Luka Doncic is this unbelievable player who... Uh, you know, single-handedly won the game. The guy that single-handedly won the game, if it was anybody, was Spencer Dinwiddie because he's the guy that hit several dagger threes. He's the guy that absolutely um, lit up the Phoenix Suns. Even with a hand up, even with multiple defenders, Spencer Dinwiddie dominated, absolutely dominated um, the the Phoenix Suns last night. And and I'm not trying to take anything away from Luka. I'm, I'm truly not. But let's not make this guy out to be some world beater. Mm -hmm. There are a few other players that I want to see get run over by the team bus after the game because I do. I want him, I want Luka Doncic to like fall and break a leg. I cannot stand him. It's internal. He's a really good player though, <laughs> right? But he's they, this is what we do in this league. We 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 love that we you know to hate players and we're like oh Devin Booker sucks and Lucas unbelievable what a player my God 
And it it's ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Luca had a good game last night. He is a he is a an elite player in this league. He is not the reason that they won this game. He is not. The Phoenix Suns are the reason the Dallas Mavericks are going to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I think that I yeah, I don't like Luca either, but he deserves a lot of credit for how he played last night. I mean, he came out and he was he was red hot from basically beginning to end. You right, know, like, but that's that that isn't to say that he is. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I mean, maybe we just will agree to disagree. I, I don't know. But my feeling is, again, I just don't think that I don't think that he had some special performance. I really don't. I think he was the pick. The Phoenix Suns chose not to defend the pick and roll last night. Yeah, they just chose I'm not, not to defend that. He, that all of them were like insanely difficult shots or they were impossible or anything like that. I, I what I'm saying is that. Luca had 35 points in 30 minutes. He had a great game, you know? Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, his performance is ultimately what puts him over the edge because without Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, they're not getting out to that huge lead and you know, they're not they're they're not they're not basically dominating the game the way the way uh the way that they did. So yeah, you're right. Spencer Dinwiddie was was ultimately the thing that put him over the top, but I don't know. I I just think that you know, it's unfortunate the way the way it all went down because you know I'm not I'm not I'm not a big Luca guy either. But the fact is, he had a great night. Now, if he gets bounced in the Eastern or I'm sorry, in the Western Conference Finals, then yeah, I guess it doesn't mean anything. But I don't know. I was just he was he was making a lot of shots. If he if he had put up you know 20 points in a, a really awful stat line, then we'd probably be having a different conversation. You know, like if he didn't make most of those shots last night, then we'd be having a different conversation. So I, I yeah I guess I guess we're slightly different, but I don't like him either. I, it's not that I don't like him. Let's 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 call it what it is. It's not that I have an issue with Luka Doncic. He's not my favorite player, right? Mm-hmm. But he is who he is. Like I mean, he is. You, you he made shots last night. He played well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some superhuman performance. We tend to go way over the top with things when when teams like Dallas win. It wasn't some superhuman performance. It was a good performance against a god-awful Phoenix Suns team last night. Who, And that's the bigger story here. The Phoenix Suns simply chose not to give maximum effort in a Game 7. Yeah, They did not run hard. They did not try hard on defense. They settled for, you know, really difficult contested shots like... At some point, you have to shoot three pointers in this league to win. Yeah. They chose not to do that. Yeah, and and it's just inexcusable. And again, I'm not telling you that at, by any stretch of the imagination that Luka Doncic does not deserve a lot of credit for for what happened last night. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you is the Jalen Brunsons and the Spencer Dinwiddies are the reason they won this game. Yeah, that's why they Spencer well, the Dinwiddie. Players, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie had a massive performance last night. You want to talk about guys. With a massive performance last night, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. That's the guy. Well, and I think on every championship team, you know, the role players are the ones, you know, and obviously Dinwiddie is not just like a 10-minute-a-night guy, but but I think we could all agree that Spencer Dinwiddie, I would call a, a, a pretty, you know, pretty great role player. That His job is to come in typically off the bench and – and put up numbers. And I think that, you know, on this show particularly, we've talked a lot about how Dinwiddie was a guy that the Jazz should have, have tried to pursue 
at the deadline, you know, and, and there was a lot of frustration around the fact that the Jazz didn't do more, and he was one of those targets that we talked about. So, you know, I, I, I can't say that I'm surprised that, that he went off and did what he did last night, but, you know, I, I have to agree that a lot of those shots were difficult shots he was hitting, man. I mean, I, I, what, else, what else do you say about it? I mean, th- a lot of those were like fadeaway threes and like, you know, sidestep threes and he was they they just came out and played a better game. You know, whether we're talking Luca, Dinwiddie, you know, See, I just again, I why is this so hard to grasp? The Dallas Mavericks did nothing spectacular. There was not there was nothing special. There there was outside of Dinwiddie's some of his crazy shots. Um I'm I, I'm telling you, the Phoenix Suns never showed up for the game. Yeah. They ne- they did not run offense. They did not work hard on defense I- I- whatsoever. I mean, you legit had one guy balling out, giving maximum effort last night, and that was Devin Booker, and he could not hit a shot to save his life. I mean, they did not show up for Game Seven, plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, I- I- this was not some crazy special performance out of the Dallas Mavericks. Why is this so hard for people to acknowledge? The Mavericks are a good team. There's no doubt about that. This is 100% about the Phoenix Suns collapsing, choking, no showing. Call it what you want. The Phoenix Suns are the reason that the Dallas Mavericks are going to the Western Conference Finals. And no, and I see a bunch of you commenting um, on the fact that, um, you know, that this makes it better for the Jazz. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. It, it not in, in no way, shape, or form does this bail the Jazz out that the team they lost to is going to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, and and I that was that was a big narrative on Twitter last night in Jazz in Jazz fandom or or whatever. Like I think a lot of people want to say that you know, hey, well, it makes me feel just a little bit better that you know, you know, now that the Mavericks did this to the Suns, you know, hey, maybe we weren't as bad as what it felt like. And I have to agree. I mean, I don't think that changes anything. You know, I mean, you still you still lost in six. Like you 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 lost to this team, and and there are still issues that need to be addressed. I mean, we're sitting here talking about how the Suns have a lot of changes coming to their roster, and I would tell you that there are more changes needed on the Jazz roster than the Suns roster. You know, and so do you know who the leading scorer for the Suns was last night? Wow, Cam Johnson had twelve points. Yeah. He was their leading scorer. This is not like, and I, I'm probably just being a hater. Well, call it what you want. This is not some special performance by 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 the Dallas Mavericks. Spencer Dinwiddie is the only guy that that you're like, wow, that was uh, unbelievable. Luka Doncic is a great player. He scored 35 points. Excellent. Nice job. Congratulations. This was not a special game. This was not a special performance. I mean, you look at some of the numbers. Some of the numbers in this game for the Phoenix Suns, just in t- team statistics, they shot 38% in total from the floor. Mm-hmm. They shot 35% from three. The Dallas Mavericks last night shot 48% from three. The Dallas Mavericks did not miss a free throw. The Suns missed six free throws, shot 66%. The the 22 assists from the the Phoenix Suns, 12 turnovers. 12 turnovers. I'm, I mean, that number is shocking. In I mean, Chris Paul, look at Chris Paul's turnover numbers. 
Yeah, I mean, you it wanna, was not good. You want to talk about a terrible performance. Chris Paul last night. Hey, I, I, I mean, I, I we could go on. I, it, it's not. The, the Phoenix Suns were terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And the Dallas Mavericks are the exact team that, that they've always been. That they have, that's who the Mavericks are. All right. Um, let's get some of your comments in here. Eric and Raleigh says, Luca is annoying AF. He's a really good player. Like, I don't have anything negative to say about Luca other than I want to see him get an anvil dropped on his head from a 20-story building. I mean, yeah. other than that, I love yeah, the guy. for sure. Like, for I, sure. but the, pro, the, the things that annoy you about Luka Doncic are that he, he like, tries to be tough guy, like, you know, flexes after every basket. They're up 40-something points at one point, and he's complaining to the official about a call that was clearly not a foul. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, he, he's just, he is, Luka Doncic is difficult to like if you're not a Dallas Mavericks fan. Yeah. Very difficult to like. Uh, Ruff's official says Luka scored 35, Dinwiddie scored 30, but Dinwiddie dominated the Suns. He absolutely did. There's no doubt about it. Dinwiddie is, Dinwiddie hit, the threes that Dinwiddie hit were so incredibly impactful, especially in the first half. Like, when you have Mikhail Bridges with a hand up and you're shooting rainbows that are nothing but net, like those are backbreaking, soul crushing threes. Yeah. From Dinwiddie. You expect it from your bet from their best player. So you're always gonna allow guys like Luca, Katie, in your game plan, you're gonna allow for them to have big games. But you've always got somebody on that team that you're gonna target. And Spencer Dinwiddie's a guy. Jalen Brunson's a guy. Like, you can't let those guys pop off. Luka's going to get his 30-plus. You cannot let Spencer Dinwiddie have 30 points. Well, and I think we saw that strategy by Dallas rolled out on the Suns. I mean, essentially, you know, what they said was, hey, we're we're just going to take Book away, and we'll live with the results. You know, so it's one or the other, right? You're either going to say, okay, their best player is going to do what they do, but we're going to lock everyone else down. Or are you going to take away the best player and make someone else beat you? And that worked for Dallas last night. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I feel like the Mavs deserve more credit. Yes, the Suns didn't show up, but the Mavs are part of the reason why the Suns played like crap. No, they're not. I'm telling you now, this was a lack of effort, a lack of professionalism, a lack of want to out of the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how you explain that DeAndre Ayton just didn't play hard. Like, he just didn't play hard. Yeah. It's it's shocking that he always struggles to catch the basketball. He had a ball hit him in the chest last night on a perfect pass from Chris Paul. Like, hit him in the chest. Yeah. How do you not at least get your hands on that? You you look at, you know, the other guy that is sh- – like, Torrey Craig. Just not running hard on defense. Yeah. not Like, jogging back, not running – look. Look at the play from, um, oh my God, 14. Uh, Landry Shamit last yeah. night. Chris Paul is your point guard. He's calling for the ball in the backcourt to bring the ball up. Shamit waves him off, dribbles down the court, and promptly turns the ball over. Like just threw it right to Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. You're telling me that's that's Dallas Mavericks' greatness? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. Sorry, man. The, this is 100%. On the Phoenix Suns. The the Suns scored 57 points in the first half. 50, like, are, 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 like, or excuse me, 27 points in the first half. 20, they scored 10 points in the second quarter. 
The Phoenix Suns scored 10 points in the second quarter. You're you're telling me that's that's the Dallas Mavericks doing that. Yeah, I think the Suns just weren't prepared to handle the double on book. I, there was no game plan to to move the ball and, and that's why I say like, you know, the Suns in the second half rolled started rolling out double teams, but what did you see? Dallas was prepared for that. They knew how to move the ball, they knew how to get it down low. Like yeah. they were ready and and so that's why I say like this isn't just on the players. Like this is on the coaching staff too. And 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 I think that it it, it is it, it was surprising. I can kind of understand. Okay, Dallas is playing really aggressive defense. We're moving the ball, but we're just missing the shot. Hey, we didn't make shots last night, so we lost. That's not what happened here. You, what happened was, hey, Dallas rolled out doubles. You didn't know how to move the ball in that cause because you didn't know where to go with the ball, and you didn't have a game plan for that. You ended up turning it over a ton of times. So when you take, okay, Luca's performance combined with Dinwiddie's performance plus the 12 turnovers plus the fact that you couldn't make any shots, who's surprised at the results of the game? I mean, that's just that's just how it went. I mean, double teams in this league are not new. Like, double teams yeah. in this league are not. And, and again, give the Mavericks credit for double teaming Devin Booker. I mean, that's not – what would your game plan be to beat the, the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I mean, I think the game plan is to try and take Devin Booker away, for sure. I mean, you don't want him to get going. But... So this is like some shocking mm -hmm. next-level thinking? Like, th this is what I'm saying. Look at the numbers. Like, I, I, I again, agree that Dallas played really well, but I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Dallas had some special performance last night. They didn't. They just didn't. And I, 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 I call me a hater, call me an apologist, call me whatever you want. This is not some special performance out of the Dallas Mavericks. Sorry. Yeah. It, it's not. This is, this was an embarrassment. This was an absolute travesty. Well, and I think if we're basketballing on the Suns, like it should have never got here. It should have never got to game seven. I mean, that that's the real truth of it that I don't feel like many people are talking about. Like this series should have been handled in game five and game six. You're built on a guy in Chris Paul. Who And this is a, a, a very good parallel to the Utah Jazz. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns are built around Chris Paul, who cannot carry the mail for you. He's too old. He does not have the energy. When he comes in the game, their, their, their offense slows way down. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul is not the guy anymore. He, and he is, oh, oh, and isn't it 0-5 oh or something like that? He's 0-5 oh in game sevens. Yeah. I, I mean, he is, he is the only, or is it, it's something like, He's also got the all-time lead now for most 2-0 leads blown yeah. in NBA history. Yeah, I believe like, that's five times as well. Chris Paul is not that guy. Yeah. He is not that guy anymore. Yeah. And maybe he's never been. Um, you know what? And I think Devin Booker has a ton of proving to do now. You look at Jason Tatum's performance for Boston yesterday. Jason Tatum did exactly what the Suns needed Devin Booker to do. Now, why Boston had the room they had? Why... Why on earth did Milwaukee not force the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands? I don't know. But you know what else I know? That Boston team is the best team in, in the NBA defensively that I've seen this year. The Marcus Smart factor on that roster, you understand now why Boston priced Marcus Smart so high because I think he is an incredibly valuable player to them. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the offensive production that they got from multiple guys in Boston – that's exactly what you had hoped you would get from Phoenix. And they just simply don't have a number two because Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, like 
None of those guys showed up. Yeah. None of them. And it is it is really disappointing. It's so hard to say it out loud that a team quit and didn't have effort. How did you come out in the third quarter and get beat worse than you got beat in the second quarter? I was really surprised by it. I would have you know, thought like, that, hey, like you got your ass handed to you in the first half. I would have thought, like I was even tweeting about it last night, like, okay, you're down by a huge number here. Game's not over, but it's going to take something special in the second half for you to come back and, and, and make this a game. And they just came out flat. They didn't have any kind of anything. Like, and, yeah. and that's what that's what's really surprising to me. Like, if I'm Monty Williams going to the half, I'm literally thinking to myself, okay, I have got to get Devin Booker going because I got to get energy into this team. I need something positive to happen here. So what's my adjustment? And that's truly, as far as Monty Williams is concerned, what I felt like his criticism should be. There was no adjustment for the double. Like, nothing. There was no... Shocking. Like, I, we were even texting about it, and I said, hey, if I'm Devin Booker, as soon as I get the ball, I'm going. I'm not going to hold the ball because they're but just going to But then they go double. like five straight possessions in the third quarter where it doesn't even go to his side well, of the floor. Well, and that's the Chris Paul thing, though. That's part of what we talked about. We talked about that a lot with Chris Paul. Like, hey, when when there are stretches in games where Book doesn't see the ball for, yeah, like five, six. I think there was one game we I remember distinctly where it was getting to like eight possessions where he didn't get it. I have real questions about whether or not Devin Booker's a star, a number one, a go-to guy that you build a franchise around. Like it is, and I understand that Chris Paul is a very domineering personality in a locker room. Mm -hmm. Like it is his way or no way. Um, but how are you, Devin Booker, and you're going four or five straight trips down the floor without asking for the ball? Yeah. Without demanding the ball. Um, and you can see why he presses so much when he got the ball. But I wonder, you know, is Devin Booker the guy? I don't know. I really don't know. And, and, there, it's funny that in this generation, you know, the the Donovan Mitchells, the Devin Bookers, the Jason Tatums, um, the, the, the Luka Doncic's. Yep. Like, there's no question that Luka's a big game player now. Like, there's no question about that. There's no question that Jason Tatum's a big game player. He had one bad game in this series, and he came back in game six and seven and purely dominated. Yeah. I don't know that you can say the same thing about Devin Booker. And what it's what you always say. You're waiting for that 50-point performance in a big game. Well, And, and, and it hasn't come. And I, and I think, so there's this balance we have to find. So that's absolutely true. He hasn't had the big moment in the postseason yet. But now you start to look at this game last night and some of the games in the past, and you start to understand, well, who is actually helping him? Because if Chris Paul in the postseason isn't Chris Paul in the regular season, yeah. and they're doubling book constantly, what's left? And so, yeah, book can take you 8-0 in the bubble. Book can take you into overtime and he can hit huge shots and he can do a lot of stuff but like Donovan Mitchell this is not a one guy league anymore and and I'm tired the one thing I will say about Luka and this Dallas team is I'm tired of people saying that it's Luka and everybody else because it's not it's not Luka's got a lot of help he's got Jalen Brunson he's got Spencer Dinwiddie he's got Dorian Finney-Smith like he's got a lot of guys and their lesser guys play but like Dwight Powell was a really important player in that game yesterday Kleba and, and yeah Kleba I like I look at Bertans like I'm telling you that everybody on that roster plays a role. And I don't think Jason Kidd's getting enough credit for the job that he's done in Dallas this year. Yeah. I'm not. You know, like it, yeah. it is – I don't know. I'm not saying they're a world beater. I think Golden State is significantly better than Dallas. Golden State brings a lot more diversity 
on their roster. They're a lot deeper on their Way roster. Way more scoring options. And, yeah, they score in a lot of different ways, and it'll be interesting to see how they choose to defend um, Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to have to have a big, big game, a big, big series um, for them to win that that to win the Western Conference Finals. But I think there's one thing you better understand, and that's that Dallas is capable of winning a championship right now. Mm-hmm. They're capable of winning a championship, and they're going to go as far as Spencer Dinwiddie will take them. Well, and I think they're that team that if you allow them to breathe and you allow them to get to like game six, game seven, they're going to beat you. You know, yeah, because Luca to... Luca's always going to have those games. Yeah, he is that guy. But if you and this is why I wanted the the Jazz to to pick up Spencer Dinwiddie when they had the chance, and unfortunately they didn't. Yeah, because he's capable of that every single night. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, you know, with with Donovan Mitchell, the, the Jazz are still playing. And it is really it's really frustrating to watch yeah. the other guys that you know the Jazz passed on continue to advance in the playoffs. And yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie is probably the best example of that. Yeah. I mean, there there's no doubt. Uh, let's see. Jesus Christ destroys atheism, says Devin has the same issue that Donovan has. Yeah, they're, they are. They're in the same place. And I think that when you build guys and you look at, at – at Devin Booker, he has got to become more consistent. And he has got to really his development is going to be it is going to be mental because he's I think one of the things you saw last night was he actually played pretty good defense. There were a couple of sequences there where where, you know, he he he's become a much, much better defender, Devin Booker. Yeah. He just isn't domineering enough. He's not an alpha enough. He is a number two guy right now, in my opinion. And until until he becomes a true number one, because he's got all the tools now. He's got the mid-range. He's got the three ball. He's got the the long two. Like, mm-hmm. he's got all that. Yep. He is a good defender. He's an above-average defender now. Like, now he's got – it's mental. It's an attitude for Devin. I think, I think Donovan Mitchell has got to develop a, a mid-range game. If he adds a mid-range game and he's got to, he has got to become a more willing defender because he does not, Donovan Mitchell does not work hard defensively. And I think a lot of it is he just doesn't have the footwork to be a, a an above average defender. If he fixes that, you're in a different game because I think Donovan Mitchell mentally is a killer. Yeah. I think he, he loves, loves, loves being the dagger guy. Yeah. But he doesn't have the bag to be the dagger guy. Oh, and he doesn't have the help. I mean, because that, that's the no, thing. Well, I that's true, yeah. Nobody, and, and that's the really, really important factor here. When you have, when you, when the defense you're playing just keys on you, you're going to have a long night. When when the defense has to worry about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, 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 and Grant Williams and Marcus Smart and all these guys, like, that makes it a lot easier. There's a lot more space to operate. And that's why I'm saying, like, as great as the Suns were, we t- we said this about the Jazz. The one seed doesn't matter. The Suns looked amazing in the regular season, and then they just got beat mentally in the postseason. That's just what that was last night. So, so you know, we're watching Boston highlights in the background. Yeah, how many how many wide open threes did Jason Tatum have yesterday? A lot. And, like, but, and well, Grant why, Williams why is wide that, open. But why is that though? This because is really Grant important. Williams was knocking down shots and Marcus Smart shooting an air ball, getting it right back, and knocking down a three. That dynamic is not present Man. for the Jazz and the Suns. It is present for Dallas. It, it is, is present so for Boston. It is so frustrating to know that the Jazz were talking to Boston about Marcus Martin just couldn't make it happen. Yeah. 
and couldn't make a Spencer Dinwiddie trade happen. Those guys are both going to compete for a conference championship now. Yeah. It, it is. It's so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Uh, let's see. John uh, Ariti. Uh, I think we just witnessed how Jason Kidd's expertise as a former great point guard translates uh, well as a defensive head coach. He's a very good yeah. defensive head coach. Yeah. They're the one thing that they're doing better now than that, than I think I have seen them do in recent years. Their rotations defensively, he is using the athletic ability that the Mavericks have on that roster for sure. Spencer Morgan says Mavericks are unique in the sense that they've had so many good wing defenders to roll out at you once. Yes, exactly right. Uh, Jordan McDonald says Dallas versus Golden State should go seven. Uh, Mavs defense is legit. Yeah. Josh Lovern says uh, Booker and Mitchell aren't alphas. Luka and Tatum are the future of the league. One of those, I, I mean, that's very true. I think Donovan Mitchell's an alpha. Yeah. I just think he doesn't, he hasn't developed it, and he doesn't have guys around him to help. And that's the key difference. That's what I want to keep pointing out here. Look at what the look at what Jason Tatum and uh, Luka Doncic have to work with. They yes. have a lot yeah. more guys around them that can be productive. And, and I think, you know, Book has had some names. Like, I, we can't run from the fact that, yeah, Chris Paul is a Hall of Fame point guard. Like, yeah, Cam Johnson has developed. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton has an offensive game. But again... Mikhail Bridges has developed. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges was, was in contention to be the defensive player of the year. But again, these are not... In Game Seven, when it when it matters most, because that's ultimately why you're building an NBA roster. Hey, when it comes down to us versus them, Game Seven, everything's on the table. What can we do that that they can't stop? And the answer for the Suns was nothing last night. And the answer for the Jazz was nothing. That's it. That's it. Meanwhile, you have to build deeper, yeah, more capable, versatile talent pools in this league. And the other thing I think you're seeing is it. <clears throat> this is not a big man league. This is a, this is like, look at Giannis. Yeah. Giannis is probably the prototypical player now. Big, strong guy that can get to the rim, but he's got to be able to hit his jump shots. And if, if, if he's not going to hit his jump shots, the Bucks are a very beatable team. So I think when you look at you, you look at DeAndre and a problem for the Suns, Rudy Gobert, a problem for the Jazz. You look around the teams that are left, who's the best big man in Golden State? Well, they really don't have one, and it's Kevon Looney if you're truth-telling. Yeah. I look at Dallas. Dallas doesn't have a center. Yeah. Um, you look at Miami. Miami has a, a hybrid center in Bam Adebayo. Mm -hmm. I look at, at Boston. It's probably Al Horford if he is a center at all. Robert Williams. He's hurt. Yeah, he's They've won hurt. without him, and he's they're probably better without him, frankly. They're gonna try and bring him back, but I mean that. But that's just just as examples. Like that shows you, like, hey, there's not, there isn't. Again, not to hate on Rudy, but there's not a Rudy Gobert. There's left in not the an anchor like, to the paint center. Yeah, on a team that is that is gonna gonna win a championship. Yeah, and that should be a shot over the bow for your salary cap here in Utah. Yeah, like I think that right there, you know, no knock on Rudy's ability at all. Forget his ability. Look at his money. Like that should you can't give a twenty five you know percent a super max to a guy like Rudy Gobert you can't do it yeah and, and even if you're even if you're someone who is pro Rudy like keeping him on the roster and everything like that I, I would just I would just implore you to look at what wins right now in the league what what teams are having success and how are they built yeah. you should follow that model 
Yeah, George McDonald says D-Book's a number two. Uh, George Mashika says game three was a main, was main for me because Kidd changed the defensive scheme. I think Dallas's tactics was more zone, and this was uh, a surprise for Monty Williams. I don't disagree with that. I mean, they 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 really they really floated around. I I would absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Deepak Vasuki Kashap says Booker has a much better team around him than Donovan. Absolutely. There's no yeah. doubt about that. There is no doubt. But about not good it. enough to get to where they want to go. No. Who's going to win the NBA championship now? I mean, I have to think oh, Miami is so strangling defensively. I think, um, I, I think that nobody's talking about Golden State. I think that nobody's talked about them all year. I think everyone said, well, no. injuries this, injuries that, Clay's yeah. coming back, and now they're here. And, and I think that – you know, it really comes down to a simple question. Are they are they making threes at, at their usual rate or are they going to have a bad shooting night? Because if they're hitting, if Steph mm. and Clay and Jordan Poole are hitting, it's going to be really tough to beat them. They don't need to get in the paint, you know? So we'll see. No, it, I'd it, agree with that. It, who's going to win right now? You know, the easy pick is the Celtics, but my gut tells me to go with the Warriors. That's, that's, what, that's what my gut tells me to say. So. I think... I think that Golden State-Dallas series is going to be rough. I don't know that. I think that's going to be a pick'em series. I, yeah. I think Boston is probably better than Miami is, but Miami's very good defensively. Um, they're not going to make the same mistakes that Milwaukee made. I just think Milwaukee missed Chris Middleton too much. Yeah. Um, I think Jimmy Butler's as healthy as one can be at this time of year. Um, I want to take Miami in that series, but it's so hard to bet against the way the Does way Tyler that Boston, Hero show up. I don't know. I think he's a really important player for them as well. And the other thing is Boston has been playing more consistently. Miami's had a long rest here. And Boston is better when they play. I I think I would go Boston in six or seven. And I think, man, that that Golden State-Dallas series is such a toss-up. I mean, I want to lean the Warriors because I I just – I think that they can – they're not reliant on the three to win anymore. Yeah, they can get to the to the cup, and I think that's going to be the difference maker. Who finishes more of their layups, which is going to turn into who makes more of their threes. Yep. And I just don't trust the three point shooting of the Mavericks as much as I do with Golden State. And so I would lean Golden State, Boston in the finals, and I think, man, what a series! I think that's Boston all day. I I I think they're so good defensively. Um. Yeah, I think I think they would make Golden State's life very difficult, but we need to get through the final. I just this Western Conference Finals, these two matchups are phenomenal. I think it, Dallas is going to have to shoot the lights out to win, which makes you nervous. Yeah, because Golden State doesn't have to shoot the lights out to win. Steph is a different player. Um, Clay clearly is is in a mindset of if I can't if I'm not making threes or if you're taking that from me, I'll go to the basket. Um you know, I think little things will, will win. That's why I pick Golden State. But I think these two conference finals are going to be Well, it's the best we could ask for. And I think that's the one, you know, if we're trying to find a silver lining this morning, that's the one silver lining. You know, you have these two last matchups are phenomenal. I mean, yes. I, I would say, you know, it, this time of year in sports is always rough because, you know, obviously we can see the end of the NBA season coming and we still got time before football gets here. So it's like, all right, well, while we still have hoop, like at least they're great matchups. At least it's not like, you know, the magic versus the blazers that nobody wants to watch. Yeah. You know, these are two really 
really high caliber basketball teams. And and I think that you're going to get really high caliber basketball because these two or these four teams are, are, are the best the league has to offer. Yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the other thing I think about these playoffs is who reacts well to the loss because Milwaukee's obviously in a situation where they can just run it back. If mm-hmm. they add a guy or two, they can run it back. Well, they've I mean, won. That's the thing that they have helped. Well, yeah, with. they have a championship now. Yeah. So it, but that I think makes it more difficult to stay on top of this league when you win. Mm-hmm. The you just have to play so many games to win a championship. It's it. I mean, the toll it takes on you. And is, I saw some stat. It, it hasn't happened in a long time, but like the last five years, there's been a different uh, uh, NBA champion every year for the last five years, which hasn't happened in a minute. So. Well, yeah. and I also think the uh, that little C word changed the way that championships are won. I mean, the grind of compact schedules and, you know, bubbles and the Olympics yes. and now a, a long season. The cycle. I mean, you're just bubble Olympics, long season. Like, I, I mean, the war of attrition in this league is. Yeah, it's real. Is real. I mean, and that that's why that's why you ask about all these injuries. Everybody's hurt now. Because you've just played so many games. And so the question is, when you're a team like Phoenix and you lose, and now you have an entire six months, yeah, bro, you have six months to get ready for next year. Who's going to bounce back well? Who's going to, who is going to take these losses personally? You know, like, what is Don, does Donovan Mitchell take this loss personally and grow? Because... If the Jazz truly build around Donovan Mitchell, they're going to need him to be a much better player because they're building around him. They're going to need him in the lab every single day, multiple times a day this summer to get footwork right, to get mid-range right, to adjust his mentality. Is Don that guy? Well, I I, I think we're going to find out. Yeah. You know, because he, they, they are going to build this team around Donovan Mitchell and you're going to, he's, you're going to bust or boom with him. And my guess is that you you find out who Donovan Mitchell is in the next three, four months. Yeah, my big thing with this coming season for the Jazz is I just hope that, you know, I hope that they figure out a way to build a team and, and really run a system through that team that is more free-flowing. I, I want it, I want the pace to pick up a little bit. I want the ball to be moving more. Like, like you just need more of that, that higher energy. And, and again... You know, your point about the bubble and then the Olympics and all the mileage and everything, that impacts the Jazz more than it does other teams because of the age on their roster. And and again, I'm not hating on them. It's just a fact of life. Well, but it's Joe Ingles tearing his ACL. Yeah, or I mean, how, a- like how many miles can you put on the, on the tire before it blows up? I mean, that's just what it is. And look at the Suns. Again, the Suns have a huge offseason here. What are you going to do with Aiton? What are you going to do with Cam Johnson? Well, what does Devin Booker do this offseason? Are you really like what is Chris Paul's level of determination to be a champion? Because that's what, you know, Chris Paul's legacy will be defined by winning or not. And he's not one. And he's, oh, I'm hurt again. And it, it is who you are now. Yeah. Unless you win a championship. And when when you have all these questions surrounding the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot of money to be spent. Bobby Sarver last night said, the owner of the Suns, we're willing to we're willing to pay the luxury tax because we want to win a championship. And that's great in theory, 
But as you've seen with the Utah Jazz, paying a luxury tax doesn't guarantee you a thing. Well, Look at the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. That doesn't guarantee you a thing. The one guy that, that, that people were talking about last night that could really help the Suns, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. is a point guard that's available. Mm-hmm. And if if Chris Paul all of a sudden becomes, and there's there's a school of thought, Chris Paul at the point, Kyrie Irving at the two, Devin Booker at the three. And all of a sudden, what does that do? That lengthens your scoring ability. And that gives you a guy who believes he's the number one. Now, is Kyrie Irving worth the pain in the ass that he is? I don't know. But that's the conversations that are being had about the Phoenix Suns yeah. because they're going to go out and do something other than nothing to make sure that they're in, in a place to compete. And say what you want about Robert Sarver dumping cow manure into his general manager's office, which quite literally he did that. It's internal. He did that. Yeah. The guy, the guy will spend money. Yeah. And he's got the money to spend. So we'll see. I, I don't know what happens to the Suns. But you're the thing I love about moments like this for for Don for Devin Booker, these are where we find out who you truly are as a professional. How much do you really want it? How much like and this is the problem with the Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks rumor. How badly do you want to win a championship, Don? Because if you want to win one, you're not going to the Knicks. Yeah, right. Because the Knicks aren't winning a championship anytime soon. Yeah. So the everybody like, oh, he's going to the Knicks. Right. Is he has a better chance to win a championship in Utah than he does with the Knicks. He he truly does. So we're going to find out who all these dudes are. We're, we're truly going to find out who they are. But if Kyrie Irving winds up wearing a Suns uniform, would you really be that surprised? I would not be is, that surprised. Is 50-game Kyrie enough to take them to where they want to go? He'll be more than 50-game Kyrie next year. Yeah. He will be 70-game so. Kyrie next year. I hope so. Because the, the the issues that surrounded him with the C word that Utah that, that YouTube yeah. doesn't want us saying, yeah. the the issues that surrounded Kyrie are, are no longer issues. Yeah. We don't live that way anymore. Yeah. And Kyrie's going to play 70 games, and I don't think it's going to be in a Brooklyn uniform. I really don't. And but, by the way, did anybody notice about Kyrie what Nike said? Yeah. Or what ESPN is reporting about what Nike's supposedly doing? Uh-huh is that they're not going to extend Kyrie Irving's contract at Nike. Now, the Kyrie has done exceptionally well for them. And I I would be surprised if that actually happened because Kyrie Irving sells a hell of a lot of shoes for them. But he has been more of a headache than he has been a shoe salesman. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's guys like Kyrie because Kyrie's got a ring, but I don't know that he's a, a guy that everybody's like, oh, well, he's got a ring, so what's it matter? I think it matters. It's going to be interesting to see. Nobody questions KD in Brooklyn. They question Kyrie. Yeah. So we'll see. I think all of this is incredibly fascinating, as is you giving us a uh, like right now. Get, please give us a thumbs up if you're here. We really appreciate you. It does help the channel grow. So if you're here watching the show, click that like button. And we are giving away a uh, PlayStation 5 on this very program when we get to 5,000 subscribers. Now, I told you that this was going to be quick. Yeah. And we're at 4105 now. So now we're on the downhill to giving away that? this. Uh, last Monday, you said it was going to go quick, and that's 115 a week or something like that? Yeah. Or something like that? So it we're doing the job on this show. I'm telling you, you want to win a PlayStation 5, all you got to do is hit subscribe. By the way, Justin Salas, I saw your comment earlier that you got the shirts, and they're both fire. Everybody who buys a shirt from us gets five-to-one entries into the contest. Also, by the way, a couple people have asked me about trucker hats. We don't have trucker hats. But – we're going to get stickers and what we're going to do is give those stickers away. And if you happen to put them in bathroom truck stops all over the country, 
you know, hey, maybe, hey. you know, maybe that'll be 10 to 1 entries. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just is what it is. Uh, so all of that is coming, but we really appreciate everybody being here. Thank you so much for listening to the show, watching the show, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, wherever you get a podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, iHeart, you name it. Stitcher Radio, thank you. We get a ton of listens on our audio podcast at Stitcher. Wherever you get it, all you need to do is search The Monty Show on Google. All our podcasts are YouTube channel and all pops up. All right, real quick on Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees and NBC have parted ways. And now we're hearing that they parted ways because Drew Brees is going to come back to the New Orleans Saints. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Bro, you were worse than Chris Paul when you retired. You couldn't <laughs> drive the ball down the field anymore. You were constantly hurt. Yeah. This is not a good idea for Drew Brees to come back. Yeah, I think that the thing is, is that Drew Brees, I actually didn't mind Drew Brees. You know, I think the thing is, is that NBC is is competing in a in a in a landscape that's that is dominated. I mean, dominated by by Fox and, and ESPN. So they're they're from their side, they're saying that they just didn't like Drew Brees as a live game analyst, that he just wasn't compelling enough or whatever. So whatever happened between those two happened. I'm not sure, like I know you were just saying, hey, this they're parting ways because Drew wants to come back, and that very well may be the case. Or it may be the case that NBC didn't like him, but the point is, is they're parting ways. I'm with you on this one. Dude shouldn't be coming back. What did we hear when he retired? Hey, your arm is done. Like, it's just not worth it anymore. You're a family guy. You're this great upstanding dude. Like, you, you're you telling me that you couldn't find uh, another gig or another job? Yeah. Because Drew seems like somebody who just can't, he's got to have something whether it's talking on NBC about football or or coaching his kids team or drawing up plays on the like he's got to be doing something has so, to be so that's why I say like I don't I would be surprised if he if he came back man I I just I he's you don't have the body anymore for it but hey maybe maybe he rejuvenates himself and and something crazy happens but again my point when I brought this story up was what's really preventing this happening to Tom Brady outside of, Hey, he's Tom Brady. That's the only thing in my opinion. And that's very valuable. Hey, this guy is super compelling. Like he's Tom Brady. Like I get it. What happens if Tom Brady flames? I, Fox doesn't think that's going to happen based on their. Commitment. I don't think Drew Brees flamed. I think Drew Brees didn't want to be a studio guy. Mm. He wanted to be Tony Romo. He wanted to do games, and there's no no games for him to do. You got to remember, NBC's got one game a week. Yeah, that's it. So they have Chris Collinsworth. So they're not going. They don't have a place for Drew Brees. Yeah. So I just think that Drew didn't want to do studio work anymore. Hey, real quick, uh, Michael says, "Why aren't you reading my comments? I I keep commenting, and you're ignoring them." YouTube Bro. has a comment issue this morning. So I'm only seeing like a third of our comments and I ha I, I'm having, you may notice I'm holding my phone a lot more. I have to read our comments on mobile um, and I'm only seeing like a third of our comments. So it's not that I'm ignoring your comments. I just am not seeing 99% of what's coming in. And I see that we have, you know, like over a hundred people watching the show live. I, if you're commenting and I'm not reading your comment, Michael and everybody else, I guess people take it personally when we don't read their comments. I just am not seeing your comments because YouTube has has an issue this morning. Yeah. So I'm not seeing all of usually your comments. Usually we just read down the list. Yeah, I don't ever – I usually don't skip comments. But if you're here and I'm not reading your comments, don't take it personally, man. 
it's so funny to me that you like <laughs> it's not something to take personal offense to it's really not yeah um all right should we talk uh should we do the the fast food story yeah let's do it let's do it because this is a narnar being story i'm just gonna warn you right now but bef- that yes go ahead what i was gonna say is before you tell the story while he's telling the story i want you guys to think about what fast food places are you just adverse to i'm never going here i'm never like hey honey what do you want to eat tonight and the significant other says taco bell or whatever whatever the name is you're absolutely 1000 percent not going there um there's a story at arby's Arby's. I haven't eaten at Arby's in long time, bro. Long decades. time. So apparently a gentleman at a particular Arby's was videotaping himself urinating into batches of milkshakes. <laughs> and <laughs> dude, dude, serving that milkshake mix to customers. And I read a bunch of stories about it, and apparently they make their milkshakes in buckets at Arby's. Right. So he would mix large batches of milkshakes in a bucket, right? urinate into that bucket, and then pour the milkshake into the machine. Right. And it may not surprise you that this all came to light during a child pornography investigation. We get it. Where video was done unearthed of this single employee and it was not a group of employees at an Arby's. Like we saw it, remember those years ago where groups of employees at Taco Bell were showering and bathing in sinks in the kitchen and the one guy may have put, you know, he may have offloaded into a bean pot. Bro. Um, You know, you, it, so you're saying you know, that like there are the some whole interesting crew was folks working at these places. So that, I guess, is my question. How much do you trust fast food workers? Interestingly, we spent our weekend in Moab trying to break our Jeep, which it did not break. Right. I mean, the taillight fell off, but that's a different conversation. Well, and the tire kit, but we won't. That's a whole fine. new it's, thing. It's fine, yeah. But um, we did not eat fast food this weekend. Right. And I actually felt way better not eating fast food. Mm-hmm. And the question is, I, like, I don't trust people that work in fast food restaurants. And the problem is that you see these signs where they're like, oh, we'll pay you $17 an hour. And it's like, yeah, Henry, the high school dropout, probably is taking $17 an hour right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying that fast food workers aren't the highest cut of individuals. Right. But they're not exactly the highest cut of individuals. Listen. If you're urinating into a bucket of milkshake mix, you're there's something wrong with you. So dude does his thing with this milkshake mix. And this happened in October of this past year in Q4. They sold one Sunday that used that mix. And they also sold 30 to 40 milkshakes that day out of that mix. So... Dude, like, it's not a small number of people who were exposed to this. That's a pretty substantial number of people. And so what fast food places am I willing to trust? I mean, not a lot at this point. I mean, again, I haven't been to an Arby's in... I can't. I legit can't even remember the last time I ate at an Arby's. The places that we eat at pretty regularly 
Obviously, like, you've got your Chipotle's and your Cafe Rio's. When we go down to St. George or when we go to California, we go to Jack in the Box. When I saw this story, I thought of Jack in the Box because that feels like one of the more, you know, closer comparisons to the places that we eat regularly, you know? So that's why I say when you're thinking about places you're not going to go on any level, I, I like, what would be that place for you? Arby's is up there. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a... I can't think of a reason that um, that I would want to go to Arby's. Um, you know, like I'm just I'm thinking that it's not it's not the best option. I would say you need to stick with ingredients that are less taintable. Like, but you mean like, like where you can put something so in, not like about, your taint? Th- yeah, yeah, right. Okay, thank right. you. Think about like Jersey <laughs> Mike, right? The ingredients are there; they're fresh. You would likely know of someone unfortunately look at the look at chipotle look at like any like most like is anybody gonna pee in a vat of chicken probably not <laughs> is any like you're pretty safe with the ingredients at chipotle but i also think a key factor here is how long the establishment is open because think about it for this to happen you gotta have like like few people working this is probably an overnight thing like it, it would have to be something where you know, they wouldn't be seen because it's so rare. Like, what you are work, Arby's hours? In, in, like, fast food, Arby's, right? is, Arby's is not 24 hours, Are you right? sure? Like, no, Arby's cannot be 24 hours. But Who's how many eat? times? Arby's is not 2 a.m. food, man. It's beef sandwiches. What? Is Arby's like know, a 2 a.m.? Is Arby's know, a, but a drunk 2 a.m. thing? So here's the thing, like. Um, and it, we've seen so many times in the pandemic where because they don't have like the lobby open, it's only drive through. Maybe there's only three people who are working oh, the whole joint. So on. they're definitely not 24 hours. The ones that I can see here locally, all of them open at 10 a.m. Some of them stay open till 11. And there's a lot of Arby's in Utah. A ton of them. Right. A ton, yeah. I'm looking at probably 20 here throughout the valley, just in the valley, not even the whole state. All right, uh, so Tanner Plummer says, oh, snap, <clears throat> I just ate at Arby's last weekend. Hey, guys. Oh. Uh, I once worked at a fast food restaurant when I was 16, and sadly, I saw a lot of disgusting things. I've worked for McDonald's and Taco Bell in my teen years. Yeah. I worked at Taco Bell for a couple of days, almost burned an eyebrow off, and didn't even get the girl I was chasing. <laughs> there, I was so crushed on a girl in high school, and didn't it, didn't, it was terrible. It, would, it, it was brutal. It was awful. I couldn't do it. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I used to work at the West Jordan Starbucks, and we took um, cleanliness and hygiene really seriously when I was there. So I don't know. Um, it, oh. But see, like, coffee's different. Coffee's now the different. comment section crashed on the mobile app. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I do not know what's going on with YouTube this morning, but they have some issues. Here it is. Okay, so I refresh. Um, I don't know if crazy incidents that are common or not. Greg Hawkins says, um, you know, like uh, Jeremy Bolton says, well, jokes on you guys, because Cafe Rio lately tastes like urine filled shakes. Uh. Cafe, Rio, Cafe Rio is. I like I like the food at Chipotle. I just don't trust it. I don't trust the food at Chipotle. I actually like the food at Cafe Rio. See, I trust the food at, at Chipotle more. I I don't know. So, so many it, people when you're have picking gotten sick your fast on it. food, you need to pick things that can't be peed into a vat. 
Like, I, I think like, mm, no. But let's be honest. That. Why are you eating <laughs> at McDonald's? What do we, we, we generally get breakfast at McDonald's if we go there. Yeah. What, but are you really getting a McDonald's milkshake? Are you really oh, getting an Arby's do. milkshake? A really? lot of people do. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, McDonald's stop. dominates, yeah. bro. McDonald's dominates, man. McDonald's does not dominate. Yes. Are oh, you kidding? Dude, they yes, always they do, have a man. line. There is yes, never a time when people are not going to McDonald's. It is cheap. Yes. You can imagine, well, that's true. Listen, it is imagine cheap. if it you is live, cheap. Imagine you live in, in, in like, you know, anywhere around us, you know, Draper, Riverton, oh. you know, South Valley. You got a family of four, like, inflation's going up. McDonald's is a good solution. Your kids <sighs> like it. They get their little toy. It's good to go. Like, you know, it's just good. It is so frustrating when YouTube YouTube is... It can be quirky sometimes. Oh, my no God. Doubt. It is so frustrating. Um, all right. Arby's started the C word. Jared Jensen says, no, they didn't. Stop it. I'm not I'm not saying the C word. No, we can't be saying the Because YouTube blocks word. our stuff can't when we it. say the C word. Can't do it. Uh, as sketchy as Scone Cutter was, I miss it, miss it so much. Okay. Okay. Uh, Josh Lovern says, roast beef, Sammy, and a pea shake, please. Oh. Don't tell me you like Arby's. Oh. Do people, do you like Arby's? Arby's uh, doesn't even sound good to me. Ugh. Like, it doesn't even sound good to like, me. Like, Popeye's is not a place I would go. No. Dude, I can't trust But, Popeyes. like, look at Cane's. Look at Cane's. I We had we had uh, wings for dinner last night. Right. And I drove by Cane's on the way home in the line on a Sunday night in Utah. Hey. The line's out, out, out to um, uh, 114th last night. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, are, are you serious? Um, Chris Carn says, love me a beef and cheddar. Stop. Are Chris. you serious? Um, Chris, you have a Traeger. Well, like, why are you going to Arby's, Make bro? your own beef and cheddar, right? Jeremy Bolton says, LOL, Mrs. Monty, you need to choose a place where you can't get food that's peed in a vat. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. Stay away from that. Solid yeah. advice. Stay away from Solid that. advice. Skip mm -mm. Old Chipotle and Caffrey Rio and go to that one uh, truck on State Street by the huge closed apartment store. We saw a um, Taco Time food truck in Moab this week. A giant mm. one. Like a semi-trailer. Bomb. Yeah. Taco trucks. Are, are food trucks safer than fast food restaurants? I would think so. You would? Yeah. Ooh. Less chance that somebody's peeing in a vat. There's like five people standing in there unless they're all in on it. Yeah. Uh, a drinking and cigar journey with Eric Letham says Utah needs a nation's burger. Never had it. Uh, Brett Robbins says Arby's Meat Mountain is the best bang for your buck in fast food. I thought you said food. Meat Mountain. Wait, you don't got to go, yo, man, you ain't got to go to Arby's for a Meat Mountain, you know? Okay. <laughs> My brother-in-law found two Band-Aids in his Egg McMuffin oh, at McDonald's on. a few years come ago. Oh, come on, dude. Come on. Stop it. Come Stop on. It. Josh Lovren says, my brother-in-law. He also says, I don't eat fast food much. Dane says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Y'all never had scone cutters? Nope. No, I never even heard of scone cutters. No. Jeremy Bolton says, my nickname in high school was Meat Mountain. What do you know? <laughs> there you go. Uh, You're Jeremy, not that guy, pal. Trust Jeremy, congratulations on your Spartan race over the weekend. Um, Steve says, you guys eat way too much fast food. I thought you were losing weight. I am losing weight, but... I don't eat. I is Chipotle fast food. Yes, Chipotle's the fast food I eat all the time. I eat. Honest to God, I pretty much eat it five days a week. I get a a, bur a vegan burrito or a veggie burrito from Chipotle pretty much every day for lunch. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um. Do you guys ever eat at 
Warren's in South Jordan, don't you live in Daybreak? I just had Warren's French fries. Warren's French fries are the only redeemable thing. Yeah, they're like. Warren's is. Nah. Their breakfast is not good. It's just too greasy. Way yeah. too like, greasy. I feel like they have a, yeah. a, a, a yeah. huge opportunity they're wasting, and it's going to cost them. Um, Schmidt says Burger King or McDonald's. Oh, yeah, probably McDonald's, bro. Burger King because they have the Impossible Whopper, which is actually really good. Yeah. I'm but not, I haven't I'm, had dude, an I'm Impossible not, Whopper to, in two years. I'm not going to freaking McDonald's or Burger King it to get Impossible. Been two years. No. It's been it like has. a year. We no, had since one we, here. We did? Yes. I don't Over remember the having winter. one here. Yeah. We did? Okay. Um, I, I don't mind the Impossible Whopper, but I'm not a Burger King guy. I'm yeah. not. Like, yeah. I'm not a burger guy Jack on the regular. The box. If I'm going to get a burger, I am going to uh, Five Guys. Uh, but, oh, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. Does anybody even know where the next Jack in the Box is going to be or the first one to open here is going to be? I want it. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I don't. I'm thirsty for an ultimate cheeseburger. How far Absolutely. out of your way would you go to go to the first one? Not far. No. Not far. He'd go down to like Provo. I go. No, I wouldn't. I'd go to Lehigh. I would probably go to American Salt Lake. <laughs> you know, like, but. Uh, You'd go to American Fork. Nah. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I Not far because it, it's He'd terrible. He'd go a little you. bit out of his way on his way to little Moab. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little. Maybe I'd take the 15 instead of going down. Redwood. Mountain View. You know, Redwood. Redwood. Yeah. Redwood. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Uh, but not much. Crown Burger, Jared Jensen says, yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Tanner Plummer says Apollo Burger. Do we have what's going on with all these emojis here on the comments on the screen? Is that like bots now, or what is that? Um, I don't know. What the comment section is working over here on the computer now. Kay Nuren says my wife loves Arby's. Jared mm. says Crown Burger with a heart. Um, Crown Burger is really good. You guys have. I don't know that you guys I have, have ever eaten a Crown, Crown Burger. Burger. Oh, you got no, to. We ate a Crown Burger. I love Crown In Burger. Tooele. To Willow. That's right. Last year when we went out to when we uh, drove we did over Butterfield the Butterfield Canyon. Yeah. yeah. To 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 Willow. By the way, the Jeep though. Jeep did well. What about this Brittany Griner story? Nar. What happened? Nar. Oh. So okay. I heard an update. All right. So Brittany Griner, the Phoenix Mercury basketball player, um, is in jail in Russia. And again, this comment, this section, this hello. Hello. There were a lot of comments. This weekend on Twitter, yeah, about Brittany Griner not owning her responsibility here. I don't know if she owns it or not because she's in jail in Russia. She's not making many statements. Brittany Griner was leaving Russia right uh, as the war in Ukraine broke out. She was found to have cannabis oil in her luggage. They arrested her and she is in jail in Russia. Yeah. Yes, she has responsibility. For not being the brightest bulb in the bunch when it came to putting cannabis oil in your luggage. Yeah. The Russian authorities look for any reason to fuck with Americans in mm-hmm. Russia. Any reason. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'll just point out, um, you're a high-profile American who's seven tall, you're black, and you're a lesbian. And you're a really good basketball player. They're going to target you. Yeah. So if you have anything of question in your in your luggage, that's your fault. So she bears responsibility here. Being held without trial unreasonably in a Russian jail is not her fault. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Now they want to trade this noted arms dealer. What's his name? His name is Victor Bout. But he's known as the... 
master of death or whatever. Yeah, like he has he has several nicknames, but yeah, basically the his nickname is the Merchant of Death. Merchant he, of Death. He earned that because he he was involved in the conflicts in Africa and the Middle East during the early 2000s. He got he's only in American custody because he got he got hit uh, by the feds for arms dealing in our country. So he's a Russian arms dealer. Yeah. And a prolific one. Yeah. And so Russia said do you want your basketball player back? Okay, give us give us the Merchant of Death. You knew that was coming. So there's a it's in the, the 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 here's the problem, and this is the conversation that nobody wants to have. Yeah. Do you negotiate with terrorists? Well, supposedly we don't, but oh, well, I guess we do because we send them we send them other criminals to get our our what they do is they snatch Americans off the street in Russia and say they're spies, and then we send them criminals and they send us our Americans back half dead. With brain damage and with irreversible spine damage, with you know fractured skulls, but they send the Americans back and and we send them their criminals back. Right. So Brittany Griner has cannabis oil in her luggage at the airport, and they're like, "Well, we're going to get somebody else back for this. We're going to get a good one back for this." Well, that's what they're so, saying. <laughs> but but this is my point. This is why you cannot. If you're going to go to Russia at all, which I'd have told you is, is sketch McSketcherton from the beginning. Yeah. You can't have you can't have drugs of any kind. Yeah. No. yeah. And cannabis oil well, is drugs to the Russians. You got to play by their rules. You got to know. First of all, you got to know the rules of the game you're playing. And my guess is Brittany Griner had no idea about that because nobody here is going to say two words about cannabis oil. Yeah. Nobody here is going to say a word about that. So and when you. When and the other thing you got to remember is people like her when they're traveling for business basketball they generally fly private. Well, she was on commercial, getting out of Russia right before the war broke out. Yeah. So having known intimately other basketball players that have played in Russia and having had this conversation with other women in the WNBA over my career, Russia is scary before they invaded Ukraine. Like female basketball players are routinely targeted for sexual assaults in Russia. Like you are vulnerable there. Mm -hmm. So my guess is, is that this is going to likely mean few people will go there ever again. But I just think it's really unfortunate that this is where we are because you can't just leave any American citizen, whether they're a basketball player or just a guy who was on vacation that they snatched and said was a spy yeah. with no evidence. Yep. You have to, you have to negotiate. I, I think you have no choice but to negotiate with the Russians. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah, I think, I think. Look, I think that as an American, you can't travel wherever you want to, whether you're Brittany Griner or Khashoggi or whoever. You, you just not, you're just not able to go to any part of the world you want to anymore. And, and I, I think don't think you can. As a professional athlete, especially if you're Brittany Griner, you got to be more responsible than that. Yeah, I don't know what you do here. I don't know what you do. Um, you know, I just don't. Hopefully, hey, look, hopefully they make the trade. It's miserable. Hopefully she gets home and she's relatively healthy, you know, and, and things can get back on track. But it's just it's just a rough situation, 100%. Yeah. By the way, did anybody see the latest update on the Russians trying to take over Ukraine? Yeah, trying, not doing. The Russians have lost fully one-third of the soldiers that they sent to Ukraine. I said they've lost one-third of the soldiers, 30% of the soldiers, they, mm -hmm. 33% of the soldiers they sent to Ukraine mm -hmm. have died in action. That's incredible. And now they're so desperate. By the way, by the way, one of the oligarchs, one of the Russian oligarchs, this is to your point, Jake, about yeah. them turning on Vladdy. Yep. One of the Russian oligarchs has 
said that Russian um, Russian leader Vladimir Putin has severe blood cancer mm-hmm. and he is dying. Now, if that's true, look out because he's already had had or is going to have surgery. They won't say when yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Um, but now they're talking about that Vladimir Putin is going to have to institute a draft in Russia. Well, here's the problem. He's lied to his people. And he's told them that this is a military operation. He has never apparently said the word war in reference to Ukraine. Yeah. Well, when the Ukrainians now are driving tanks with your lettering on them because they have taken your tanks, repaired them, and now put them in action against you, and it's killed 30% of your Russian men that have gone over there to fight, I'm going to say, and you're going to have to institute a draft, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bad like, look. It's a bad look. It makes him look silly. Uh, and and that's this was my point from the beginning. Like, and, and you brought up the health thing. I never really thought of the health thing until you brought it up. But I just think that Putin wants to go out as a as a like a war hero, if you will. Like like some like he wants to go out that way. And and so mm. if he is sick and, and this war is happening, like he'll do anything. He will. Yeah, I don't know. And by the way, the before we get out of here, the last thing on Russia. So one of the journalists that's been there the entire time noted that they had not been seeing aircraft in the sky for going on a month until last Thursday when there was um, planes and attack helicopters flying over Ukraine that were Ukrainian military flying um, attack planes and helicopters. Where did the Russian Air Force go? Like where did their where did their military in the air? Their, it's it's befuddling. I, it does their strategy makes zero sense, man. Yeah, it's and weird. apparently they've ground to a halt now trying to take Eastern Ukraine back. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened either. So. Yeah, it's crazy. There you have it. By the way, uh, coming up uh, this coming Saturday, we will have a video recap of our trip to Moab. The Jeep was amazing. Um, we we got our first badge for the Jeep on fins and things in Moab, which was awesome. Um, so we'll have a video on that. Some of the, if you follow us on Instagram, the Monty show, M O N T Y, the Monty show uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Jake is S L C supercars on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All the video is there. We did some droning at Corona arch, which was amazing. Um, all of that is on social media, but make sure you subscribe to this channel, a, a new Jeep video every single weekend. Next weekend, it'll be the Finson thing uh, trail video. So uh, good times. Make sure you hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.